today I want to um, introduce you in a very special relationship with Mary that she's teaching us in Medjugorje in a very strong and powerful way. To start with, I want to tell you a testimony that struck me very much. It started by an experience I had on the mountain um, with Ivan's prayer group. Once we went at night at the mountain uh, to pray, and as you know, twice a week, Ivan's prayer group is gathering on the mountain, and uh, of course, Ivan gets an apparition of Our Lady, and all the pilgrims that want to join, they, they may join. So it's uh, in a, an apparition in the open air, and it's a big grace in Medjugorje that is happening almost twice a week. And that night, I climbed up the mountain, and that night, Our Lady gave a very strong message. And this message was, dear children, give me all your worries, all your problems, then your heart will be free to pray. And pray for my intentions. That was it. Then when I reflected on that, I thought, but isn't she suggesting that we make a trade with her, such a, an exchange. We give her our worries, and we pick up her worries. So we get rid of our worries in her heart. She will take care of them. But instead, we pick up her worries so that we take care of them. Hey, I said, hey boy, that's great. So the following days, I was watching if some problem would come so that I had the joy to entrust that problem to Our Lady so that she takes it. And instead of worrying with that problem, I would pray for her intentions. And it worked very well. It worked tr tremendously. Soon after, one guy came to Medjugorje, a French man, 50 years old. And that man did not know God much. He was the average French, which means doesn't care about God, doesn't care about lady. And uh, we, they live without God in an atheist world and materialistic world. So he came, to, went to Medjugorje little by chance and didn't know what to do there. Then the group where he was took him in charge and he had a great experience of God, a great experience of Our Lady, and he was so happy to discover his, his mother, to discover his, his savior, that each day his face changed a little more and he became the happiest man on earth. It was very beautiful to see the, the transformation in his face and his heart opened to God and to the light and he, he was a new man, actually, and after a few days, he was really in heaven. So that happens very often in Medjugorje. You come there, you are like this, full of uh, weights and, you see, pressure and everything. And then after a few days, you blossom like a rose, you see, under the sun of the love of God. This guy, whose name is Albert, at the end, the last day, I gave a talk to the pilgrims. After my talk, I found Albert very sad. I was surprised and I went to him and said, how come Albert, are you so sad? Uh, did I say something that hurt you? He said, look sister, this morning when I wake up, I made a sort of pact of love with Our Lady. 
And I said to her, dear mother, whatever you say in Medjugorje, I'll live it, I'll obey it, I'll follow it. All your messages that you give here in Medjugorje, I'll put them into practice. This is my pact with you. I'll do that, I'll live with you, and I'll never leave you again. My life will be such. So I said, but Albert, that's great. You have understood everything. You're right in the spot, and uh, that's great. Why are you so sad then? He said, but sister, the problem is that you just mentioned a message that I cannot live at all, that is impossible for me to live. And I said, which one? Oh, sister, when you said, when Our Lady said, dear children, I invite you to pray in the family. Because sister, if you knew my wife, you would understand that this is impossible. My wife is impossible, okay? And life is impossible with her. When I left for Medjugorje, she threatened me and she, she told me bad words. And uh, how can I pray with her? How can I it's impossible. I, can't, I cannot even think of it. So I said, Albert, keep cool. <laughs> I, did our lady say, dear children, I call you to pray in the family, except Albert, whose case is impossible? <coughs> did our lady say that? I said, no, I don't think she said that. So did our lady say, dear children, I invite you to pray in the family, but I'm warning you that only a very few of you will succeed because it is so difficult? No, she did not say that. She said to everybody, pray in the family and I'll help you. Then. The Albert, listen, if she said that, you can pray in the family. But if you knew my wife, I said, look, I have an idea. Let's make a deal with Our Lady. She said that, and now she'll have to help you. I have an idea. You'll go back home. You'll find there a little place to pray quietly. And you'll tell Our Lady, OK, I'm going to pray in the family, but help me. And I'll, I'll do this, um, this trade with you. So you'll tell Our Lady, I give you my worries and my problems, so I give you my wife. And instead, I'll pray for your intentions. You make that trade with her, Albert. And then you'll see what happens. She will help you. Oh, great idea, he said. Uh, that's good, I will do that. I'll go back home and do that with Our Lady. She'll help me and I'm happy. Then he left, but he came back and said, but sister, you know, I should come back to Medjugorje sometimes because here we feel secured. Here we feel supported by the visionaries, by the priests, by the parish, by you. Our Lady comes every day, so we feel great here. So I should come sometimes to to charge my strength. I don't know. And, um, but the problem is we have no money at home and it will take me at least two, three years to, to save money to come back here. I said, don't worry, Helbert, go in peace and Our Lady will take care of everything, each detail of your life. So he went in peace. After three months, whom do I see in a group of pilgrims? My Albert. Hey, I said, Albert, you've come back? Yes, he said, and he was in the group, and he said, she is the one to force me. She forced me. And he was sort of pointing a to a lady. 
So I said, is it your wife? He said, yes, it's my wife. I said, God, she's come. So he said, I'll talk to you privately. So he came to talk to me privately, and I said, tell me the whole story, what happened with you, with your family. And he said, you remember, sister, that deal we prepared for Our Lady? That worked tremendously. So I went back home, then I found a quiet room in my house, and I decided to go there every day. And the first day I said to Our Lady, look, I'll make a trade with you. I will give to you my problem, which means I give you my wife. So you will take care of my wife, and I wish you all the best. <laughs> so this will be your problem now. I entrust it to you, but instead, I will take care of your intentions, dear mother, and I will pray for peace in the heart, I will pray for the priest, I will pray for the unbelievers, I will pray for the young people, I will pray for the conversion of sinners instead of being worried by my wife. So I did, sister, I did so. I, I prayed for those intentions of Our Lady, and I, I was very peaceful. I, was, I, I kept busy with Our Lady's intentions. And then after a few weeks, somebody knocked at my door, and it was my wife. She showed up and said, Albert, what are you doing? I noticed that these days you're alone in that room. What are you doing there? So I said, darling, I'm praying. Pray? What is prayer? And then, sister, I couldn't explain to her what prayer was. I did not know. I just prayed, but without knowing what prayer, how to explain what prayer was. So I told her, you just sit, you listen, and then you'll see what it is. So she did so. She sat, and she was peaceful, and she listened to my prayers, and she saw me praying. And slowly, slowly, she, she got more and more peaceful. And then she asked me a few questions, and she discovered that my God was much better than her God, because the, God, the image of God she had was dreadful, was terrible. So, and one day she said, but Albert, what is that Medjugorje of yours? What is Medjugorje? And then, sister, I told her everything. It took me time. I told her all the graces I got there, the meeting with the visionaries, the, the prayer on the hill, and the prayer in the church, and the apparitions of Our Lady, and some messages that I love the most, and all the graces I could experience in Medjugorje, I told her in each detail, and that was great. And at the end, you know what she told me? She said, but Albert, if Medjugorje is that, We've got to go together there. <clears throat> I sat down, I couldn't believe my ears, and I rambled, oh, 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 yes, yes, darling, that's a good idea, and uh, we'll go there, sure, that's, uh, I couldn't believe my ears, you see. So I, I said, uh, yes, but you know, we have no money to go there, and how well will you, how will we manage? And she said, Albert, don't worry for the tickets, I'll take care. And sister, you see, women are women. How she took care of that, I don't know. <laughs> but she did, and we got the tickets. And here we are. And 
And he started praising Our Lady, praising the Lord, that they, they made such a good reconciliation in his family, and his life was, was uh, no more the same, and there was such a joy now between his wife and him. They, they, they got together well, and it was a big and a deep healing for their couple, for their family. And uh, couldn't stop praising Our Lady and enjoying the way she worked in her in his family, but and then I was happy and I said yes, you're right. She's so great, and and um, but then he he told me, but sister, now I've got another problem, a new. So I said, what's that new problem, Albert? And then he said, look, sister, now my problem is that my wife, now she prays so much that I can hardly follow her. <laughs> and this was it. So just to tell you, this is one of the many examples we have from Medjugorje. You see, Our Lady wants to help us. She wants very badly as a mother to help us, to make our life peaceful and joyful. And she does. And what she wants from us is that we entrust to her all what is a weight in our life, all what is a pressure in our life, all what is sad or what is wrong in our life, what is a cross in our life, you see. She wants us to be completely peaceful and then she's ready to pick up our worries. She wants to pick up our problems. She wants to to get all those things that prevent us from being peaceful with God and peaceful with other people, our neighbors, you see. And when she takes those problems, they're true problems. If my husband is very nasty to me, it's a real problem. It's not that he's not nasty. It's not that I say, oh, he's gentle when actually he's nasty. No, the problem is there and it's real. But she wants us to give that problem to her so that she can take care of it. And you know what? She knows much better than us how to take care of that problem. And she loves the husband, for example, much better than I do. And she knows how to talk to him. And she knows how to take him. And she knows how to approach him as a mother. So she'll know much better than us how to deal with him. And she will take care of that problem. And then my heart will be free of that worry that is too heavy for me, that's too hard for me to carry that. So once she's picked up that problem, I'll be free in my heart to pray for her intentions. And instead of my heart being focused on that problem that will obsess me all the time, I will open my heart to the whole world. And if I pray for the priest, for example, which is very necessary nowadays, if I pray for the salvation of the souls, then instead of my heart being focused on a small family problem, my heart will be like a, her motherly heart taking care of all the children of God. You see, I'll enlarge my heart to the dimensions of God's heart. And I feel, I'll feel much better. I'll feel that the love of God penetrates me in a very new way, and a large way, and a strong way, and a deep way, you see. 
I'll identificate my heart to God's heart, to the Lord's heart, and that will enlarge my dimensions, you see, and it, this will be great. And when you see the saints of our days, like Mother Teresa or whoever you know, you see the, the heart is open to the whole world, and anybody they meet is very important to them. Everybody they meet is dear to them because they've got God's heart in their heart, you see? Instead of being focused on their little surrounding, their little household, you see? That new dimensions. So today, I want to draw your attention on something that might be useful to you. You know, when we have a pain, when, for example, we have been hurt, wounded by some circumstances that are very painful. For example, I had my family, I have two children, and my husband left me to go with another woman. That's not rare, unfortunately. And this is my true problem. It's a real problem. It's a real pain, and I'm tempted of desperation of many, many things. And this is a wound, a deep wound in my heart. This is real. So when there is that suffering or other sufferings, you know, because of that wound, like a knife that has opened my heart, you see, that wound is an open window in my heart. So what happens then? There are two possibilities. There are, I would say, sorry for my example that are always bad, but we, we use them because we need to have pictures. I would say that there are two people that are mostly highly interested in that open window within me. And one of those two is the enemy. The enemy will come immediately there because he'll think, oh, there is an open window in that heart. I will be able to penetrate that heart in a better way. It will be easier for me because that there is an opening. That suffering is an opening for me. So what will he do? He will spread within that wound, within that open window of my suffering, he will try to spread his stuff. And he will talk to me and say, wow, that's too bad. How sad, that's too bad. Who is your God to act like this towards you? What sort of God do you have? What sort of mother do you have? They do not care about you. And this happened to you, though you pray, though you are faithful, you go to Mass every Sunday, and how bad that happened to you. And then he will inspire you frustration. He will say, oh, if only you had your husband with you, life would be so good, life would be so great, but instead he left you, and that's a terrible frustration. Your life is going to be ruined now that he's not anymore with you. And how will you raise up your children now you're alone, and how will you manage? And he will speak to you in a very negative way, frustration, he will inspire you, bitterness, why has that, this happened to me instead of somebody else? And uh, he will inspire to you rebellion, what, uh, why God has permitted that in my life? What sort of God is, what sort of love does he have for me? Rebellion, bitterness, and sadness, and even desperation. I will never get through, I will never handle that situation. 
And then he can also put you into depression talking to you like that. And his voice will be there to desperate you, to put you into despair. And how can you recognize that Satan, the enemy, is talking to you then when you suffer? You will recognize him by the fact that he will take advantage of that suffering to inspire you a feeling of frustration. And you'll become very unhappy. And your suffering will become a very negative event in your life. But there is someone else there near that window. And his voice won't force you. His voice won't be obsessive like Satan's voice. And it is Jesus' voice. And it is very soft, very subtle also, I would say. Very sweet and a voice that will respect fully your freedom. And Jesus will be there, and he will be interested too in that open window. And what will he tell you? It's a different voice, and his voice will tell you, oh, you've got that pain, you've got that suffering. Now there is an open wound in your heart, and he will say, oh, may I enter that wound May I go deep in your heart through that wound because I suffered myself. And through that wound, I will identificate your heart with my heart in the most deeper way. Through that wound, I will spread in your heart more love, more light, more sweetness, more peace. I will reveal to you through that wound of yours how much I loved you on the cross, how much I loved you when I suffered for you during my passion. I will reveal to you through that wound the most beautiful secrets of my love for you. And I'll pour out my Holy Spirit within your wound. And I'll make your heart softer. I'll make your heart more loving. I'll purify your heart through that suffering. May I enter your wound. May I enter your heart in a deeper way. May I let you experience my presence more deeper in your heart. And that voice maybe will not remove the pain. But that voice will bring peace right in the middle of your suffering. And we can easily make out if somebody is suffering with the voice of Satan, of the enemy, or if somebody with the exactly same suffering, if that person is suffering with the voice of Jesus. And the result is very different. You have people that have suffered really much in their life and they have become very bitter and they've become also some people like jealous, bitter, nasty to others because they are so bitter, you see. And with the same sufferings, 
You have people that have offered up to Jesus all their wounds, that have let Jesus come deeper in their heart through that open windows of their wounds, and they have become holy, they have become like Jesus, a source of peace for others, a source, a spring of light for others. And Jesus, through that open window, is transforming that wound in a source as much as his own wounds has become the source of our salvation, the sources of our light, of our love, and they are sources of healing for us. And there are people on earth, only by the fact to approach them, to be close to them, that have suffered a lot, they are living sources of good. Have you met those people? Have you met those people in your life? You know they have suffered, but instead of being bitter and close and obsessed by their problems, <laughs> the only fact to be near them, you get happier, you get more peaceful, you get a light from God, you get something very good and deep, you get peace. Because their wounds are identified with Jesus' wounds. And this is what Our Lady is working at through her messages. She says, entrust your suffering to God, my dear children, and he will glorify your suffering. Give your cross to Jesus and he will glorify your cross. Satan wants to make your cross instruments of destruction. And Jesus wants to transform your cross in instruments of salvation, not only for yourself, but for others. And this is absolutely great. This is a good news for us Christians because it's on the path of the identification with Jesus. And the most, the biggest job of Jesus on earth has been to offer his suffering for the salvation of our souls. And the more you are with him, listening to his divine and loving voice while you are suffering, while you have a real cross, the more you are identified to him, the more you'll be deeply happy in your heart and the more you'll be instrument of salvation with him. You know, I've met several times Marthe Robin. She suffered a lot because her vocation was to be constantly crucified as Jesus was crucified. And she could feel in her own body and heart and also spirit the sufferings of Jesus on the cross. She's not the only one. Many other saints has, have lived that. But I can tell you, I met her several times. She was the happiest woman on earth. She would have not let her place to anybody else. She was the happiest because the way she tasted Jesus, the way she was with Jesus, intimately um, connected with him, intimately um, united with him, was so strong that she could feel, well, she, she could really experience that uni unity with Jesus. And that's the happiest thing on the world, you see, to be completely united with Jesus. You cannot find... A, a, a bigger happiness than that. And our problem is that we don't know Jesus enough. Let us know him better. Let, uh, let us 
love him better through the help of Our Lady. So Our Lady, I cannot read you all the messages, unfortunately, because, because um, we are short of time. But what Our Lady said, a uh, few words to Witzka, who is probably the one who suffered most among the visionaries, maybe. We cannot tell, but it looks like it because she was very, very severely sick for years. And they all experienced also great persecution from, from the communists and also from the bishop in Mostar. So they, they suffered a lot, all of them, but this kind of in a special way. And Our Lady said to her, and for us also, she said that, listen carefully, because it's from our Lady's mouth. Dear children, when you have a suffering, when you have a cross, an illness also, you all think that Jesus and me are far from you. No, dear children, it is not so, this is not right. But when you have a suffering, when you have Uh, illness. Jesus and me are very close to you, but open your heart and then you will know how much we love you. And then she says also, dear children, when you have a suffering, when you have an illness, many of you say, Oh gosh, why does that happen to me and not to somebody else instead? No, dear children, don't say that. When you have a cross, when you have a suffering, say, Oh God, I thank you for the gift you are giving me. Because sufferings, when they are offered, with love bring much grace to you and to others. And Witzka adds, and that's from her own heart, which is great. She says, oh Lord, I thank you for the gift you are giving me. And she adds, if you have other gifts to give me, I'm ready. This is Witzka. I remember once, one day, somebody told me something that hurt me very deeply, and it was a real cross within my heart that day. And I, I remember I was at Mass, and that cross, that wound was so strong that I could hardly pray at Mass because I was constantly thinking of that, of that person that told me such bad things, and it hurt terribly. And I remember that sentence of Witzka when she said that. So I started to pray with all my heart and I said, oh Lord, Lord, I thank you for the gift you are giving me. And then I started saying, oh Lord, if you have other gifts to give me, then wait a little bit, I said. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to convert, as you see, just to tell you 
that I need your prayers. <laughs> but this is what Witzka said is the best, you see. She's very courageous, and she's right. We, we will know only in heaven the tremendous price and preciousness of each of our crosses and each of our suffering. These are our treasures on earth because the power of salvation that they have when they are united with Jesus, we cannot imagine that now. We'll see that on heaven. Now I want to introduce us in a very powerful thing that concerns Fatima messages. You remember, maybe you all know Fatima's story, more or less. I hope you do. If you don't, then read the book of Sister Lucia that she wrote herself as a testimony. And the, the title of the book is Fatima's story with Lucia's own words, something like that. It's a tremendous book that everybody should read. Okay. And then we know from her testimony that one day during an apparition, um, Our Lady showed them hell. And they were really shocked by that vision. And uh, many years after, Sister Lucia said that she was still very much moved and afraid by that vision. And they saw there what happens to the souls that do not want the mercy of God. The sinners that want to stick to their sins instead of repenting of their sins, you see. They were so shocked and so moved by that picture of the poor souls, I mean of the sinners' souls going to hell and suffering in hell, that the three of them decided to give their life to lay their life to the Lord, to help the Lord to save all the sinners on earth so that then nobody else can go to hell. And when they saw that pictures um, from Our Lady's apparition that day, Our Lady spoke to them. And uh, she said, you have seen hell and what happens to the sinners, poor sinners, that go to hell. But to prevent that, I'll ask the world to consecrate, I'll ask you to consecrate, to make a consecration to my immaculate heart, to consecrate Russia to my immaculate heart, and also, she said, to consecrate you and the whole world to my immaculate heart. Then it was very strange, and maybe it appears a little strange to you today, that the, the remedy against hell, against the damnation of the souls, could be the consecration to the immaculate heart of Mary. Why not Jesus? Why did she say my heart instead of saying my son's heart? That can appear a little strange. Why? It's very clear though. Our Lady in showing hell has shown the worst thing on earth that you could imagine. 
because in hell, the souls that are there, they are for eternity. They won't go out from that place. And this is the pure victory of Satan, of the enemy, whose purpose, only purpose, is to destroy our souls and to lead us to hell. This is his mentality, his purpose. And when he succeeds to put some, somebody in hell, he, he has won on that soul. So you cannot have anything worse than hell. And the, the worst is hell, and it's as if Our Lady shows us the best, the best that we can get in our life here on earth, the remedy, the opposite remedy for, for the worst, which is the consecration to her heart. And we can explain that this way. Only Jesus is our savior. Only the passion, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus has saved us. Nobody else, no human being could save us. Only a God, only the Son of God who shed his blood, his divine blood could save us. So it is clear that we have only one savior, but because Jesus loves us so much and we are so precious to him, he said that we are his body. What you do to the little lust of my children, you do it to me. There is a sort of identification between him and we and us when we are in Christ. And St. Paul says, I am achieving in my flesh what is lacking to the suffering of Jesus Christ for his body, which is the church. It means that my suffering united with Jesus' suffering are very helpful for the salvation of the world. He is the one to save the world, but I can add to his sufferings my own suffering, and through my suffering, I can help him to save the world. And I become, I become in Jesus a co-redeemer. And Our Lady, in a very unique and in a very special way, as she was immaculate conception, as she was standing near the cross, she was loving Jesus so much that when Jesus suffered on the cross, when he went through his passion, she was united so much with him that she suffered the same suffering within her She was united so much with him that she suffered the same suffering within her in a very, very deep way, in a, in a way that we will never understand on earth. We'll know that in heaven. She was completely united with him 
because she had no sin to prevent her from being soft and being compassionate. It's because of our darkness within us, if, because of our sins, that we are not compassionate. But she was 100% compassionate to the sufferings of her son. And whatever he suffered, she did suffer the same thing within her. So she was in the highest degree a co-redemptrix, a co-redeemer, because she was so loving to Jesus. And when we consecrate our heart to her immaculate heart, it means that as a creature, as a creature, we participate with the biggest co-redeemer heart on earth. And this is why this consecration changes deeply our hearts in hearts of co-redeemer. And this is the reason why she puts this consecration to her heart as the best remedy, remedy against hell nowadays. Because if I, I have Our Lady in my heart, if I am completely dedicated to her immaculate heart, if my heart is similar to her heart, I have a heart of a co-redeemer. And then I fully participate to the redemption of Jesus, you see? And then I will be active to save the souls with Jesus. And then if there are still sinners in the world that are going straight to hell because they do not want to repent, because I am a co-redeemer with Jesus, with Our Lady, because I'm fully like Our Lady co-redemptrix, then I'll prevent those souls to go to hell because of my offering. You see, isn't it the greatest job on earth? Isn't it great? I remember once I was in Medjugorje, and I was going, I was at English Mass. Sometimes I go to the English Mass in the morning, and on that day, um, the priest who spoke the homily was, I'm sorry, awfully boring. Awfully boring. It was a sort of philosophy and poetry that had nothing to see with the gospel or with God. And it was long, very, very long. It lasted half an hour. I couldn't believe. And I get bored. I got very bored. And this is my unconversion, I guess. So at the end, it was so long and so boring that I cried out to the Lord and said, Lord, please stop him. Do something. <laughs> But before stopping him, let him say one sentence at least that will feed my heart. And that he was, he was in a big idea of philosophical stuff. And then suddenly, after my prayer, he stopped suddenly in the middle of his idea and said, that's it, and went to his seat. But before reaching his seat, he came back to the microphone and said, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to tell you something very important. The only job in our lifetime, the job that we will never repent from, the only job that's the most worth on earth that we could do is to offer our life for the salvation of the souls. And then he, he left. Then I said to Jesus, 
I got the message, thank you. I got, I got it, I got it. He was right. The most tremendous job that we could do on earth is to be united with Jesus and to Mary so that all our life and each little suffering, each little cross we can get through our love can become an instrument of salvation for the souls. The salvation of the souls should be the main purpose, the main concern on our, of our life. And if we do so, we'll have a great life. We'll have a tremendous life. Life will be very worth for us. You know that already, that um, in 84, when Bishop Nilitsa met the Pope, and when the Pope spoke to him about Medjugorje, John Paul II said to him, Medjugorje is the fulfillment, is the continuation of Fatima. And we can say that in Fatima, Our Lady showed the program that she has. She showed how to save the souls. She showed how to become like her. She gave that, that request so that we all are consecrated to, him, to her immaculate heart and of course to the heart of Jesus because she's, she's carrying always with her the heart of Jesus. And it's a one single reality. But what does she do in Medjugorje? In Medjugorje is the continuation of Fatima and also the fulfillment of Fatima. And in Medjugorje, she's making a school of love where daily she comes to teach us daily as a mother how to live fully this grace of consecration. I'll read for you now one of the messages she gave in Medjugorje so that you know how important is for her this consecration. October 25th of 88. Dear children, my invitation that you leave the messages which I am giving you is a daily one especially, dear children, because I want to draw you closer to the heart of Jesus. Therefore, dear little children, I am inviting you today to the prayer of consecration to Jesus, my dear son, so that each of your hearts may be his. And then I am inviting you to consecration of my immaculate heart. I want you to consecrate yourselves as persons, as families, and as parishes, so that all belongs to God through my hands. Therefore, dear children, pray that you may comprehend the greatness of this message which I am giving you. I do not want anything for myself, rather all for the salvation of your souls. Satan is strong and therefore you little children, by constant prayer, press tight against my motherly heart. Thank you for having responded to my call. That we all should 
learn by heart this message about the consecration. In uh, August 91, for the first time in Medjugorje, she mentioned another place of apparition, and it's Fatima. Dear children, today also I invite you to prayer. Now, as never before, my plan has begun to be realized. Satan is strong and wants to sweep away plans of peace and joy and make you think that my son is not strong in his decisions. Therefore, I call all of you, dear children, to pray and fast still more firmly. I invite you to renunciation for nine days so that with your help, everything I wanted to realize through the secrets which I began in Fatima may be fulfilled. I call you, dear children, to grasp the importance of my coming and the seriousness of the situation. I want to save all souls and present them to God, and for that she needs our help. Therefore, let us pray that everything I have begun be fully realized. Thank you for having responded to my call. And again, the next month in September 98, she said, dear children, today in a special way, I invite you all to prayer and renunciation. For now, as never before, Satan wants to show the world his shameful face by which he wants to seduce as many people as possible on the way of death and sin. So this is the, the words he wants to lead us to, to hell. Therefore, dear children, and again she gives the remedy against hell, therefore, dear children, help my immaculate heart to triumph in this sinful world. I beseech all of you to offer prayers and sacrifices for my intentions so I can present them to God for what is most necessary. Forget your desires, dear children. Pray for what God desires, not for what you desire. Thank you for having responded to my call. Do you notice the importance of those messages? It's for our time. It's the solution of our sinful world that puts so many souls on the way of damnation, of the way of death, eternal death. And if Our Lady called you to this retreat, it's because she wants to speak deeply to your hearts and to invite you to be completely united with her heart, immaculate heart, who will triumph for sure, because this is the biggest prophecy she gave for our century. At the end, my immaculate heart will triumph. This is for sure. So if we are completely dedicated to our lady's heart, we'll be close to Jesus and we will work hard for the salvation of the souls. That's nothing better than that. And Medjugorje is the place where she realized the most this grace 
of the salvation of the hearts of the souls as co-redemptrix and when she is the place where she calls most powerfully her children to be hers and to follow her in this job to save the souls, if I can speak this way. I want to explain to you one thing very important. Each of you will be invited to consecrate himself to the Immaculate Heart of Mary and to Jesus through her Immaculate Heart. But I want to tell you something that is very important, that free we are. Each of you will be invited to consecrate himself to the Immaculate Heart of Mary and to Jesus through her Immaculate Heart. But I want to tell you something that is very important, that a consecration to the Immaculate Heart of Mary is not a prayer that we pray, for example, once a week or once a month or even every day in the morning. It's not that only. It's much deeper than that. A consecration to the Immaculate Heart of Mary is something very big and very demanding because instead of having our life in our hands, we bring our life in the hands of Mary. And from now on, she will be the one who will decide for us in each part of our life, for each detail of our life. And I will see now with you what are precisely those parts of our life in a very realistic way. Because many people, they are good for prayers, but as soon as they quit prayers, they are different people, and they go back to their own, own will when they have to decide for their life. So, I will give my life to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and I, I will like exchange my heart with her heart, so that she now lives within me, and she will decide. She said several times in Medjugorje, dear children, give me your heart. Let me enter your heart. When somebody asks you something, you will give it to him. But I, am, I stand before so many hearts and they are closed. Pray that the world welcome my love. Dear children, as soon as you need me, call me. Dear children, when you have a problem, when you have difficulties, call me and I'll be there to help you. You see, our life will become one with Our Lady's life. And practically, what shall I do? Once I've made this consecration to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I will take her in my house and with her I'll go around my house and I'll ask her 
Do you like this? Do you agree with this? Are you pleased with this? Are you not pleased with that? Tell me your opinion. Tell me your feeling. And I'm ready to change anything you'll tell me to change. Okay, let's be practical. For example, I take Our Lady to my bedroom and I pray her. She will stand by my side in my bedroom and I'll ask her, are you happy with my bedroom the way it is? You see, I've put some shelters, some um, pictures. pictures I've put, uh, and then you'll pray very deeply in your heart to listen to the voice of Our Lady. And maybe she'll tell you, well, your bedroom is okay. Only my son is missing there. Where is the cross? Where is the crucifix? I cannot see it. You should have a crucifix in your bedroom. And then you'll think, oh, too bad. I don't have any crucifix, but I'll buy one. And having blessed so that it can stand at the king of my life by my bed. And then that will be a, a good thing for my bedroom. Then I'll take Our Lady to the kitchen. She will stand by my side and I'll tell her, are you happy with my kitchen? Are you happy with my dining room? And then you'll pray hard to listen to her voice and she might say, your dining room is perfect. You have bought some night chairs, some night table, you have good food there. I'm very happy. But where are the poor people that never, actually never come and eat with you here? Where are the crippled people that never come to you? Where are the lonely people that are never invited here? Where are your neighbors that never have the honor <clears throat> to share your meals? Remember Jesus' words. Don't invite your best friend. Don't you invite your rich neighbors. Instead, invite the poor, invite the blind, invite the crippled. And where are they? They never come in your dining room. And she will change. And she will be the one to invite from now on. She will be the one to invite at your table. Won't she be? And that will change your life completely. She will choose the ones who will come and eat with you. Great. Then you will take her to your living room. And she will stand there. And you'll talk to her about your living room. And she'll say, hey, I said in Medjugorje that the Bible should stand in an open place in your house. Where is the Bible? I don't see the Bible open. Oh, you'll feel sorry. You'll say, oh, sorry, Our Lady. I knew that message, but there is not yet any Bible visible in my dining room. So I swear I'll buy one, a big one, and I'll put it in a visible place in my house. Okay. And then when somebody comes, I'll show the Bible and say, have you seen my Bible? Let's read a verse together. And Our Lady will be thrilled of that. She had that in Medjugorje. So, and that's the best part of it. You'll show to Our Lady your stock of videos. And you'll take one by one and you'll present to Our Lady each video. And you'll ask her, are you happy with this video? 
And she might say, yes, I'm very happy. And she might feel sorry for that video, other video. She might feel sort of uncomfortable with some of them. But you'll feel in your heart immediately if she'll feel comfortable with that thing or not. And if you find her not comfortable with one of your videos, throw it away. But don't give it to your neighbor so that it spoils his, his, uh, <laughs> his living room. Just throw it away. Garbage. You see? And then she'll be very happy because she will clean up your video stock. Then you'll present to her your TV set and talk to her about your TV set and tell her, I consecrate to you my TV set. I consecrate to you my TV set? <laughs> I, never said, I never did that before, but that might change my way to listen to the programs. And now, dear mother, you'll be the one to press the little buttons and uh, to stop some programs and to open the other programs. And maybe you'll feel that there are too many programs. And maybe you'll feel that some of the programs might spoil the hearts of my children. You see? And you might feel that sometimes, instead of watching a program, I'll better pray for the unbelievers. That will, be, that will bring more grace. And then your TV set will become an instrument of salvation for the souls because it will fit in our lady's taste. Got it? And then I'll go to the telephone and I'll tell our lady, now this telephone is consecrated to your immaculate heart. Isn't that strange? What does it mean? That this telephone now won't be anymore an instrument of losing time, of usely, useless, uh, of useless uh, conversation, no more an instrument of slander. You will consecrate this telephone so that this wire will only convey grace and words that bring grace. That will reduce, I think, the time of working of your telephone. <laughs> he will rest more, but maybe not, because when you feel like calling someone to slander, you th you'll think, oh, instead, uh, because this telephone belongs to Our Lady, the most loving person on earth, I will use, instead, I will call a lonely grandmother that is always alone and that will be thrilled to hear my voice and I'll spend five times with her at the telephone. And Our Lady will say, oh, this telephone really belongs to me because it's an instrument of love. Isn't it great? Okay. Then, don't think we have finished. <laughs> then we'll go to the we'll go to the cellar, the basement. The basement, and then same thing. She will see each things, and she will say, "Oh, this straight away." And this is very good. But why do you keep this for yourself? Give it to someone who needs that. Why do you stock useless things? Okay. Oh yes, I will consecrate to Our Lady's heart my car. 
It's very important. And this car will become her car. She'll be happy to drive me. She will decide where shall I go. She will decide the purpose of my trips. And maybe some trips will be removed. And maybe some new trips will be invented. I remember one lady, she shared that with me. And she said, I did so. I consecrated my car to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And I said to her, this car now is yours. Use it for your plans of peace. And I had, for many years, I had no, never had any accident, never any problem with my car. And the very same day, after having consecrated my car to Our Lady's heart, I got a crash. I got a... Accident, accident. Yes, I got an accident. And my right part of my car was... And I was furious. It's, is this the result of the consecration to Our Lady's heart? I couldn't believe it. And I was angry against Our Lady. Then I couldn't understand what she did. And then I brought my car to the garage. And that guy examined, examined my car and said, oh, madam, how lucky you are to have had this accident. Because this accident, this part of your um, car is nothing to remove and to, uh, I'll put a new part, a new piece to replace that piece that has been damaged. But you're very lucky that you have brought your car to the garage because something very serious was happening with the steering. And if you had continued to, to drive with that problem, you could have had a very, very uh, serious accident. And then she understood what Our Lady did. That she, Our Lady, because it was her car, she knew the problem, and she brought the car to the garage. <laughs> And she avoided a big accident. Isn't she great? Isn't she great? Now, another thing that I'll do. I'll go with Our Lady to, for, for shopping. And I'll consecrate to Our Lady my clothes, my way of dressing myself. And when I'll buy a dress, I'll go to the shop with Our Lady. And I'll tell Our Lady, you choose, you choose my dress. Hey, but don't worry, as she's the most beautiful woman on earth, you have nothing to fear about. And instead of choosing my dresses or my sweaters or my, my shoes or whatever, with my intentions, which might be impure sometimes, she will be the one to inspire me, oh, this dress will do, this dress will be. And then I'll be more like Our Lady, bringing peace, bringing joy, bringing beauty. You see, I'll consecrate to Our Lady my way of dressing. I'll consecrate to Our Lady my, my books. Oh, I missed that also, that part in my living room. I'll take each of my books in my house and I'll show it to Our Lady and say, are you pleased with this book? And then, sometimes in some houses, Our Lady will find books that are either dirty or bringing darkness, like 
all those books about occultism, about um, magic, about black masses, about astrology. astrology, about all this stuff of false gods. And a lot of theology books. And theology books that are wrong, according to the church. And she will clean up my library and will make a big fire. And again, I tell you, don't give those books to somebody else. And then I'll consecrate to Our Lady my body, which means much to me. I'll consecrate to Our Lady's heart my health so that I don't have any more those worries that I might get some sickness or that I may grow too, grow too fat or grow too thin or have spots in my face that I won't worry anymore. I'll do whatever has to be done. Of course, I'll go to the doctors when it's needed. But I won't be any more um, sad or worried because I'm not as pretty as I wish to be or I'm not as thin I wish, as I wish to be because my body won't be mine anymore. It will be hers. So it's her problem. You see? And then I convey that problem to her and I'll be free in my heart. Those are... <laughs> laughing there. <laughs> you see? And I'll become smart. I'll become smart. Then I'll consecrate to Our Lady also my sexuality so that she teaches me how to be a woman as she's a woman. Not according to the world to be an instrument of pleasure for others. Not as the picture I can see in the magazine that are instrument, like instrument. No, I'm a human being and my body is the temple of the Holy Trinity. Then she will teach me how to deal with my own body. And then my body will be something that when others come to me, they will feel the presence of the Holy Trinity. And instead of bringing uh, useless um, desires to others or useless um, impure feelings or imagination to others, I'll give them peace. I'll bring them light because my body will be like Our Lady's body. And I'll consecrate to Our Lady also my feelings. And it's a good thing that when we are young, we consecrate in advance to Our Lady the one who might be our husband or our wife. You pray for him and consecrate him in advance to Our Lady's heart. And tell Our Lady, oh, dear mother, Please bless that person and prevent me from wrong relationships before that, before I meet him or her that you have prepared for me, so that I remain yours before I meet that person. And even with that person, I'll continue to be yours because that person you, you will be yours too. And prepare his heart to meet me, to meet my heart. And then, You'll be peaceful about getting a boyfriend or a girlfriend. You'll be very peaceful. And if you feel that one boyfriend or one girlfriend is not exactly in the plan of God, 
then you'll feel free to get rid of that, you see? You, I mean, you know what I mean. You see what I mean? You'll, you'll be free because your feelings won't be yours anymore. It's Our Lady who will take care of your love affairs. And she's good at that. You know why she's good at that? Because she wants holy families. And she, she knows the plan of God on your life. And if she knows that this guy is destined to be your husband, then she'll be very interested to, that you get in touch with him at the time, at the right time of God, maybe not this year, maybe not the next year, maybe within two years. Her time is God's time, so be patient. And this be a big release, because so many young people, they are afraid to miss the boat and to get the wrong person. Or they are afraid that they, when they get someone, that per person will abandon them, and they are afraid that there will be a broken family, as they see so many around. But if in advance you consecrate that person to God and to Our Lady, if in advance you keep your heart, your feelings, your body with Our Lady, then she will make up your family. She will make up your couple, and she will take care of your family. And the, your family will be a place, as she asked in Medjugorje, where the holiness will be born. That's great. And she needs those families. And for those among you that are called to remain single for the Lord, she will help them to remain single in the right way. You see? And she'll give them the strength and the enthusiast to offer in a special way their lives for the service of the Lord, to consecrate their body completely as single for the service of the triumph of the Immaculate Heart. And this is great. And she'll be the guardian of your chastity. And she'll succeed to be. Don't worry. It will work. But just consecrate your body to her. You will also consecrate your studies to Our Lady. And you'll sit and say, oh, dear mother, do you want me to make those studies instead of that, those other studies? You choose. It's your choice. It's your decision. And you consecrate your studies to our, the, the Immaculate Heart of Mary so that your knowledge, your studies, may be instruments in the world for the triumph of the Immaculate Heart and for the salvation of the world. You see all things in those new glasses that you have picked up, which is the glasses of God, so that everything you do, everything you start, will be focused on the triumph of God and the triumph of Our Lady. And this will change completely the picture. Then I will consecrate to Our Lady my dear ones, the members of my family, my best friends, I will consecrate them to her. Maybe they cannot consecrate themselves to her because they don't know. But for them, I do that. And my family will be given, consecrated, dedicated to Our Lady. And I will consecrate also the people with whom I work at my job or my other students, my, my friends. And I'll consecrate to Our Lady my prayer group to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. 
She is asking that very clearly in Fatima and in Medjugorje. I'll consecrate to Our Lady my parish, and maybe I'll meet my priest. I'll meet my priest, if possible, don't push, but if he's open, I'll meet him to tell him, hey, wouldn't it be great if you consecrate officially this parish to the Immaculate Heart of Mary? And maybe some of them will agree, and you'll be an instrument for that, you see? And I pray also so that my nation will be consecrated to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And you know what? In Europe, when in Fatima, Our Lady asked that our parish, our families, our parishes, our nation should be consecrated to our Immaculate Heart, only one country did that, and it was Portugal. And if you noticed, Portugal was not involved in the Second World War. Second World War. He kept safe from that because he was consecrated as a nation to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Isn't it great? Yes, there are one thing I did not mention is that we should also give to Our Lady our past, our memory, and all the wounds that have been made in our life, and also all the bad that might have been there in our life. And she said, dear children, I want to purify you from the consequences of the sin you made in the past. So leave that to Our Lady, leave that to her hand, and she entrusts to her all your past, whatever it was, good and bad. And don't forget to give the bad so that it's no more a burden on your mind, on your heart. No more a weight on your heart. Give it to her. So, the good news is that very soon now, we have a special time of prayer together. All those who want to consecrate themselves to the Immaculate Heart of Mary will be invited to come up here to the altar and to go to Our Lady's statue. And then up to the statue with the cross from, with the cross from Medjugorje that has stand so many years in the room of the apparitions. One of us will bless you with the cross while we pray one Hail Mary. And in your heart, that will be a dedication to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Zdravo Mario, milosti puna, gospodin s tobom, blagoslovljena ti među ženama i blagoslovljen plod utrobe tvoje Isus. Sveta Mario, majko Božja, moli za nas grešnike, sada i na času smrti naše. Amen. Slava Otcu, i Sinu, i Duhu Svetom, kako bijaše na početku, tako i sada i vazda, i u vijeke vjekova. Amen. Kraljice mira, moli za nas. Amen.